You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hello again, Star Wars fans, and welcome to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for Star Wars Episode 7 news, as well as news on Star Wars Rebels and Battlefront and Clone Wars bonus content and casting rumors and all kinds of exciting stuff going on in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, what's up, Kyle? Looking forward to talking more casting rumors and some big Star Wars Rebel stuff, so it should be fun. Yeah, of course, it's an exciting time of year for us because we're both big baseball fans. So it's the baseball postseason going on right now and a lot of big Star Wars news. So, uh, yeah, it's a fun time. But, um, yeah, it's kind of been it's been like three weeks since our last podcast. And we were both talking about this before, how it doesn't seem like it's been that lot that long since our last episode. And yet when we go back and look at, uh, you know, all the news stuff that we've tweeted and Facebooked since then, we've got a lot of stuff to cover. And some of it's like, wow, we didn't talk about that yet. Like it seems like it's been around for a while. So got a lot of stuff to cover on this episode, but it should be fun. Yeah, definitely. I will just say it would be even more fun if uh, your baseball team was in the postseason, but yours and mine are not. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm a D-backs fan. Tim's a Yankees fan. Both our teams are out. But uh, go Red Sox. Um, yeah, go Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, you know what? Let's start off, as we sometimes do, by just rounding up all the latest casting rumors. We've got uh, another kind of big group of them since last time. So um, let's see, Tim, what's the first uh, first casting rumor floating around out there that we want to talk about? Yeah, so the first one is an actor by the name of, well, let's see if I even pronounce his last name right, but it's uh, David Oilowo, I think. I'm surely that's wrong, but... <laughs> yeah, probably pretty close. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's been rumored actually a few times, and usually when these casting rumors get reported, it's usually like, take it with a grain of salt. There's a lot of actors that are going to be rumored since they're in the process of casting right now. But this one... I'm starting to get a feeling where he actually might be cast in episode seven because his name has come up in two different reports, which kind of leads me to believe that there's more to this word. He's not just a normal name, but if like more stories about this actor is being picked up on where he's auditioning for episode seven, there's even been a report too that he, it's actually a done deal and he's cast in it, though nothing official, of course, has been announced. But just hearing this actor's name a lot, which is kind of making me guess, oh, there could be something to this. And the only thing I've seen him in was in uh, Red Tails from uh, back in early 2012. So I'm just familiar with him in that, but I think he's been in some other stuff. But I thought he was good in Red Tails. So uh, we'll see if it does end up being true where he's in episode seven. But like all these other casting rumors, we just have to wait and to see until hopefully one day we'll get an official announcement. But Yeah, yeah. He was in Red Tails and also, um, I mean, he's played some maybe like more minor supporting roles in a couple other things I've seen, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I know he was in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I know I saw him in that. 
And, still get um, to see that movie. <laughs> that, that one was pretty good. I liked it. And he was in that. I'll have to go check his uh, his list of movies again that he's been in. I'm not sure if I've seen him in anything else. But he's been in some other stuff. But again, you know, not like a big Hollywood A-list actor or anything. Which is kind of nice that they're, um, I mean, if this does turn out to be true, that, um, you know, they're going with some more lesser known actors. Not exactly, you know, maybe not as unknown as Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher were at the time of the original trilogy. But... Um, you know, they're looking to other sources other than just like the big headliners. Yeah. And this one, it doesn't say like they know what his character is. either. It's just for an unknown role. So there's still that mystery about it and all the rumors that's going on for him. But it's interesting because I think we'll get into this later, but he's actually being tied into Star Wars Rebels, too. So that's another thing that kind of makes me think of there's report about him being in episode seven could be pretty legitimate for him and also too for rebels. So that's definitely, definitely interesting to see if they're going to have some, if this character is going to be kind of cross uh, in the movie and in the TV show, which leads to a bunch of cool possibilities of depending if it's the same character or a descendant of the character from rebels. So yeah, this, this whole rumor surrounding this actor is kind of one is waiting to see how it all plays out. Cause it could potentially be something cool if it is going to be in rebels and in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, we've got some more Rebel stuff to talk about later in the episode, but let's just jump into that casting rumor right now. I mean, while we're on the subject of casting rumors and while we're talking about uh, this actor in particular, um, we did have a casting rumor um, where they were saying, who was this? This was, uh, was this Jedi News that reported this? For Rebels? Yeah. No, no, you know what? This was Hollywood Reporter. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got all my different internet tabs open yeah. right now and I'm trying to go through and find which story this was it, but, yeah, it, was, it was actually the one that said they got confirmation that he was cast in both rebels and episode seven that's all that they were saying even though we haven't got anything official from disney or lucasfilm but that right. was their scoop but they well no uh, hollywood reporter was also saying that they had uh that they were saying they knew who was in star wars rebels not yeah. just david oyelo but also uh freddie prince jr vanessa marshall taylor Ga- taylor gray and stephen j blum and I'm wondering if that's the same guy. There's a voice actor named Steve Blum who's been in a bunch of stuff, and I've never seen his name spelled all the way out like that. So I don't know if this is a different guy or if it's that same guy. But uh, I know Steve Blum has done a ton of stuff. Uh, the first things that come to mind for me, I think he was um, – I can't remember. He was either Erdnot Rex or Erdnot Grunt in the Mass Effect series. He's one of those big clothing yeah. guys, and he was also – he, he was Grunt. Okay. Yeah. And he was also big- Star – and he was also Starscream in Transformers Prime. Yeah, and it's also his big role as Wolverine and all the Marvel stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I said, he's he's done a ton of things. That's just those are just the two off the top of my head that I could think of right away. But uh, and Freddie Prince Jr. Um, also, you know, has done a lot of uh, film acting and TV and stuff like that, and hasn't done a lot of voice acting. But he also uh, was in Mass Effect Three as James Vega. Um, if anyone's played that game and you probably know who that character is, I think he did a pretty good job with that voice for someone who hasn't done a lot of voice acting. Um, you know, it wasn't like a spectacular performance or anything, but it definitely didn't seem like, you know, oh, this big screen actor that wants to do some voice acting, so we'll just let him have a part. Like, I think he did a, a legitimate job, um, you know, doing some good voice acting there. So, um, I mean, that, again, this is still kind of rumor. I mean, they might say it's confirmed, but. Again, we always kind of take things with a grain of salt until we hear the confirmation from Lucasfilm. But if this does turn out to be true, I mean, it seems like it's a pretty solid cast 
I mean, to start with, you know, we don't know, one, if this is official, or two, we don't know what characters these guys will be playing. But, um, you know, they also said that if David is in uh, Rebels and also in Episode 7, then there could be, you know, some crossover. I don't think he'd be playing the same character, but they said something like, um, his character in Rebels would be, you know, related to his character in Episode 7, or it would be some kind of setup, you know. I, I'm assuming maybe his character in Rebels would be, like, the father of a new character in Episode 7 or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of torn as far as what he actually, if it is true, what char- his character might be. I think it can actually work if it is the same character from Rebels into Episode 7, because if Rebels, if the rumors are true, where it's going to focus on, uh, like, a band of teenagers... And let's say by the time episode seven comes out, what's going to be like around, what if it's 30 years after Jedi and Jedi is like maybe 25 something years after Revenge of the Sith. So maybe like 50 or 60 years, something like that. He could be playing like an older character if they didn't make up on him or not, but it could be more work into that if they wanted to go that route to have him be the same character, an older character. But, but at the same time too, that's what I think. Well, they might want to have this, be like a new generation of actor, young actors who are going to carry the torch of Star Wars. So maybe they don't want to do that. So I kind of see it going both ways. But I just think it's a possibility of having the link between Rebels and Episode Seven is something that'd be pretty cool. So I'm just hoping that it, that is the case with the actor. Yeah, I think it, I think if that does turn out to be true, they'll be linked in some way. I don't think it'll be the same character though, because. Um, I mean, like you were saying, pretty much all the all the rumors and stories and stuff going on right now are saying that Episode Seven takes place after, like, thirty years after Return of the Jedi. And if you figure, you know, this character would be like a teenager in Rebels, which is going to take place sometime in between Episodes three and four. But you know, if we put it right in the middle and say it's, I don't know, maybe like ten years before A New Hope, then yeah, his character would be. I mean, that's 40 years between Rebels and when Episode Seven is taking place. And if the character's, I don't know, 18 at the time, he'd be like close to 70 or, you know, 60 or 70 by then. So, um, you know, and that seems like a lot of work because he's not that old. So, yeah, they could yeah. put makeup and stuff on him to make him like an older character. But I think their main focus is going to be on Episode Seven. So they're not going to bring him in and do all this work to put makeup on him and stuff just to say like, hey, now you're playing an older version of your character from Star Wars Rebels. I would think that the, they would want to originate that character in Episode 7 and then say, hey, you know, we'll make a younger version or a father or whatever the case may be, you know, do some sort of tie-in with Rebels to set up this new character that we're mainly focusing on in Episode 7. Yeah, or it could just be a big coincidence where Dave Filoni and J.J. Abrams wanted the same actor for two totally different <laughs> roles. <laughs> That's possible. But the other thing, I mean, I doubt he's done a lot of voice acting either. And since this is a guy who's been in a lot of movies recently... Um, I think it, you know, makes sense that they probably tapped him for episode seven and then we're like, hey, we could, you know, maybe have him voice a character in Rebels, too, that ties into that. Because otherwise, I mean, you know, maybe he just wanted to get into some voice acting work and really like Star Wars and, you know, approach them and said, hey, can I be in this Rebels show? I mean, I wouldn't rule that possibility out, but it seems more likely that they probably approached him for the film first. Yeah. I wonder if maybe this is a character or the actor that George Lucas had a hand in since he maybe that he liked his performance so much in Red Tails that maybe he wanted to have a part for him in the sequel trilogy or once the script was finished, he read it, maybe he suggested this actor from working with him on Red Tails. Yeah, very possibly. Um, or, you know, if not George, then somebody within the Lucasfilm family. Yeah. 
But yeah, he's the only one who's mentioned in both Rebels and the Episode Seven casting rumors. Because yeah, I don't Freddie Prince Jr., Vanessa Marshall, and yeah, Steve Blum were of course not mentioned for any Episode Seven stuff. So right, but I mean, then again, Freddie Prince Jr. has been in a lot of films and stuff too. So yeah, I mean, he could be in Episode Seven. Just we haven't heard that rumor yet. Yeah, which it's something opposite where it's one of the other actors and <laughs> David Oyelowo is the one who is in any of them. <laughs> yeah. That's the funny part about these rumors. I mean, we can speculate all we want about this, but then it could be something totally opposite where it's like, okay, that was all that speculation was for nothing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's kind of funny because, you know, we'll we'll see when the movie actually comes out. We'll be looking back at all this stuff and seeing how close some of these were and how far off some of them were. Yeah, wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> we're looking up when yeah. we look back on it. Yeah, but this is kind of the week of um, people with interesting names. We've got David Oyelowo, or however you pronounce that, and then also uh, Saoirse Ronan, who is a British, uh, Irish actress. And if you've ever seen her name spelled, I mean, when I first read this article saying that she was um, you know, being rumored for a role in Episode 7, I looked, I just looked at it and was like, Good grief, how are we going to pronounce that on the podcast? And then I found out how it was pronounced. I was like, oh, that's easy, but it's nothing like how it's spelled. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she also, uh, at first, was rumored to have uh, auditioned for a role for Episode 7. And you know what? With all these rumors going around, like, and a lot of these come from Latino Review, and they're saying, like, oh, we've confirmed that this person read for Episode 7, or this person auditioned, or this person had lunch with George Lucas, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, this is going to be a huge project, and I'm sure they're casting a wide net. And at this point, the fact that you know a certain actor or actress has auditioned for it doesn't really surprise me. But um, one thing that was notable about this, um, you know, this particular rumor is that uh, Saoirse Ronan came out after, kind of after it was just rumored that she had auditioned for it, and she is, I think, the first actor to confirm that she actually did audition for it. And, you know, we still don't know if she got the part or what part she auditioned for. But um, she said, you know, yeah, I went on, went in and auditioned for it. And she specifically mentioned that they had her do something with a lightsaber or, like, pretend she had one or was, like, inspecting one or something like that. So possibility of a Jedi character there. Yeah, that was the best part about uh, hearing her say that she auditioned for it. Cause she actually went into a little bit of detail of what she did in that audition and then how she had to pretend to take a light, her lightsaber out of the bag and like inspect it and look at it. But at the same time, it's not there. <laughs> but she was like all excited about it. She was even saying even if she doesn't get the part, it was still fun to do that, to be like part of the Star Wars process and pretending to use a lightsaber. And it's kind of playing into what a lot of fans are ex- speculating as far as if she's up for a main role, how maybe the main character is going to be a female Jedi character who's going to take the lead. And of course, she didn't say anything of, of course, about being a children of Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, or anything, but it does lead a little bit to those rumors of that the lead might be a female Jedi, right? Which you know what I think you know I'd be perfectly fine with. I could see that being pretty interesting, yeah. especially because you know we don't know how closely they're going to stick to the EU, um, you know, post Return of the Jedi and all that kind of stuff. And I've probably said this before, but I don't follow a lot of those stories myself. I mean, I'm aware of, you know, a lot of the stories and characters in the expanded universe, but I don't, um, you know, I haven't read a lot of the books uh, that take place after Return of the Jedi, because for me, I kind of like that to be the end of the story, except obviously now it's not going to be with, um, you know, with Episode 7. But, um, you know, from what I've 
heard and, you know, read various tidbits of and stuff. I mean, I know obviously there's, you know, Jason and Jaina solo and Jason goes to the dark side and becomes Darth Cadis and you have Anakin solo and he dies. And, um, you know, so it kind of seems like Jaina is like the main, I guess you could say the main hero or the main character of sort of that newer generation. Um, you know, and obviously you still have Luke and Han and Leia doing a lot in that time as well. But, um, you know, it kind of seems like if they were going to, you know, stick with those same characters and have episode seven focus on Jason and Jaina and, uh, you know, Ben Skywalker or anybody else like that. Um, obviously it seems kind of logical that Jaina would take, uh, sort of a big spotlight role in that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could definitely see that episode seven going that way. And she's funny, even in the, after she was talking about her audition. So I probably shouldn't be even mentioning that I did have an audition because like, I know they're still in the process of casting or doing auditions for a bunch of different actors. So, and that even when they were in the audition process, they really didn't tell her anything about like the plot. I'm sure they told her a character, but she didn't have too much information to go on. So even in that auditioning process, they're still keeping the plot and synopsis of the movie still pretty tightly under wraps. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, Lucasfilm is, you know, known for being really secretive about that kind of stuff. I mean, if you listen to interviews with Matt Lanter about playing Anakin Skywalker in The Clone Wars, he says when he first went into audition for that role, they told him he was, I don't even remember what they said the name of the character was, or if they maybe didn't tell him the name, or I think he said, he might've said they made up some kind of name like Deke Starkiller or something like that. But they said, you know, basically play it like a a combination between Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, kind of like the, the noble Jedi with a little bit of that rogue charm, cocky kind of thing. Um, but he didn't know he was playing Anakin Skywalker until they told him he got the part and was like, Oh, that's what I was auditioning for. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure in this case, it might be kind of the same thing where, especially when, like I said, this is such a high profile project. Everybody wants to know about it, but they're trying to keep it under wraps and, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams is notoriously secretive about his projects, too. I mean, for a long time, we didn't know anything about Star Trek Into Darkness. So I'm sure with the actors that they're bringing into audition, they're trying to keep as much information close to the chest as possible so that these guys don't go, you know, blabbing around saying, hey, I auditioned for this character and was doing this, that and the other thing. And here's what's going to happen in the story. You know, they're trying to keep that all pretty close to the vest until they actually know you know, who they want to be in it and just share the information with those people. Yeah. And I can't help but wonder too, like the context of this scene that she auditioned for, how she described a lightsaber. I mean, it could be something that's not even in the movie, which a lot of screen tests and auditions are, but just the fact of how, why is she looking at that lightsaber? Is it something that she discovered and she's just finding it out on her own? Or is it going to be something like in a new hope when Obi-Wan presented Luke with Anakin's lightsaber? Is it going to be like a passing down of the lightsaber to another generation. All those thoughts just keep playing in my head. Like it might be something that's not even in the movie, but you just can't help but thinking of what that scene could entail when she's auditioning with a lightsaber. Right. Cause she said something like they had her look at it. Like she'd never seen it before or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, that made me wonder because I was like, well, if she's going to be Jaina solo, you know, you would think that even if they don't stick that close to, the continuity of the EU and the books and everything, you would think that if you, if Luke Skywalker's your uncle, you probably are seeing a lightsaber for the first time before you're like 19 or however old she is. So, um, yeah, I don't know. 
It was going to be something like how Star Wars Legacy was, where she doesn't want to have like her heritage of, of being a Jedi and maybe she ran away at a young age or something like that. And she's kind of being forced into that position and she's just discovering the lightsaber and all that. So yeah, just tons of different theories that you can play off just from her small description of looking at a lightsaber and not knowing what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Or she could be, you know, instead of Jaina Solo, she could be some new character who, I mean, this could be Luke building his Jedi order and going out and trying to recruit people and finding force sensitive people. And he meets this girl and obviously, you know, they're just sort of recovering from the empire and all this kind of stuff. And the Jedi aren't like this huge presence yet. And so, uh, you know, she could be coming into this from a kind of young age, you know, young adult and be like, well, what is all this? And you're telling me I'm a Jedi. And yeah, like you said, kind of the same thing with, uh, Luke and Obi-Wan and a new hope where he's sort of introducing him to it for the first time. Or as you said too, this could just, it could have just been a screen test and, you know, they wanted to have her try this, that, or the other thing. And it certainly doesn't um, indicate on any sort of official level that that's definitely what's going to be happening in the movie or that she even got the role. I mean, this is still yeah. just <laughs> one person out of, I'm sure, a ton who've, who are just auditioning for it. So, And now that she opened her mouth, they're not going to give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was, uh, it, it was interesting just to think about that from getting that little tidbit, just to think about the different possibilities. Yeah, definitely. It's not the fun of hearing these rumors and casting choices. Yeah. Especially and, when you get a little detail like that from the actor. Yeah. Well, and another, uh, casting rumor that we had going around lately, I mean, we've had, first it was all the talk about Mark and Hamill or Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford coming back. And then it was all these, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch and Leonardo DiCaprio and Ryan Gosling and all these kind of more high profile people coming in for new roles. And, you know, everybody's talking about who's going to play new Jedi and stuff like that. And now we've even got rumors on who might play a new Chewbacca. And there was a rumor that uh, Lucasfilm was putting out a casting call for males from seven feet to seven foot three with a slim build and all this kind of stuff. And obviously when you think star Wars and seven foot tall people, you're like, well, obviously they're looking for Wookiees. And, uh, you know, so if they're looking for a replacement for, uh, Peter Mayhew to play Chewbacca, or if they're looking for Chewie's son or just some other Wookiees in there, or who knows, maybe it's just another tall alien, but especially considering the fact that Peter Mayhew just had double knee replacement surgery I mean, it certainly would make sense that uh, they might be looking for someone else maybe more physically capable. If I mean, depending on how demanding the role is going to be, but if they're looking for someone else to play Chewbacca, if he feels like he can't do it anymore. Yeah, my question for you, Kyle, is when are you going to go audition for that role? <laughs> uh, well, see, it, it, it hurt when I read that and it said seven foot to seven foot three, and I'm like, I'm four inches away. Uh. <laughs> It'll just walk in there on some giant platform shoes. It's like that uh, Simpsons episode where Bart auditions for a Fallout Boy in the Radioactive Man movie, but they tell him he's too short. <laughs> he tries all these different things to grow those extra inches. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, obviously, if they're looking for Chewbacca, I probably wouldn't be tall enough to pull that off. If it was something like Episode Three, where they're looking for a whole army of Wookies, I'd be like, "Come on, you know there can be a short Wookie in there somewhere." Yeah. <laughs> but you bring out a good point too. I mean, nowhere in that casting call description did it say a Wookiee or Chewbacca or anything. But like you said, just when you hear that description, you think Wookiee. So, but who knows? It could be something totally different, a new alien species. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'd kind of like to see Peter Mayhew come back and do it just because, 
I mean, on the one hand, because he just had the surgery, you could say like, oh, well, he might not be physically able to do it, so they need a replacement. On the other hand, I mean, if you've seen Peter Mayhew at any like Comic-Cons or conventions or anything in these past few years, he's always like either in a wheelchair or he's got this really cool lightsaber cane that he needs to walk with. But it's like if if he's getting this surgery and repairing his knees and he can walk on his own again, then why not let him put the Chewbacca costume back on? Because, I mean, for one thing, Chewie never had like a ton of action scenes anyways. Um, you know, he was running around shooting at stuff, but he wasn't like swinging over the Death Star chasm or flipping around with a lightsaber or anything like that. Yeah. And especially because... Um, you know, episode seven is going to be taking place, you know, 30 years later. I mean, I know Wookiees live to a pretty old age, but um, you could still kind of play the, uh, just play the character older and, you know, he wouldn't be doing as much when, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't expect him to be uh, doing a whole lot of action scenes and things like that. So I'd, I'd maybe like to see him come back and do it. But at the same time, if, uh, if he can't, or if for some reason the role is more demanding or something like that, then I at least hope they can get someone who can live up to his performance. Because I think one thing that we probably don't realize is just sort of how much sort of nuance he put into that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember reading somewhere that um, one time during The Empire Strikes Back, he got sick and wasn't able to film. And so they got, you know, just another tall stunt guy and brought him in and put him in the Chewbacca suit and kind of just figured, you know, it's a tall guy in a suit and Chewie doesn't really do a whole lot. So you know, this is going to work. And then once they started filming, they're like, you know what, this isn't working. That's not Chewbacca. There's just sort of little things that Peter Mayhew puts into that performance that you might not think about, or you might kind of miss them if you're not really paying attention, but just sort of a little, a lot of little subtle characteristics and mannerisms that really make Chewbacca the character that he is. So um, hopefully if they have to replace him for that role, then they can get somebody who can uh, live up to what he did the first time around. I know, because even in the Clone Wars, too, when they did those two episodes with Chewie, you know, they flew to, or Peter Mayhew down there just to kind of get his approval and get whatever tips and pointers he would give them on how to animate him. So, yeah, it's all the way down. You just have that respect that Peter Mayhew is Chewbacca, and you really, even though it's just the costume that he's under, he just adds, like you said, all those nuances to his performance that you really want to capture in there. The only thing I'm hoping for, is though, is that they're not planning to have his uh, death scene from Vector Prime <laughs> where he's yeah. stranded on those two of those planets that collided to each other. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a bit of a stretch. I mean, yeah. having a planet crash into him, seriously. I mean, if anything, I've said this before, that if Harrison Ford does come back and if the rumors are true that he's only going to come back if they kill off Han Solo, he needs to go down in the Falcon. And I would not have a problem with him going down in the Falcon with Chewie there by his side. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, it would kind of be a big blow to lose both of those characters at once. Maybe one or the other goes out first, but um, yeah, I definitely hope they don't like throw a planet at him like they, like they did in the books. Yeah. To say the least, <laughs> <laughs> he could fulfill his life dead, but just do it in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, and then, of course, like I said, you know, this might be Chewbacca. It might be Chewbacca's son. It might be a different Wookiee. It might be a totally different character. So, um, again, we'll just have to <laughs> it feels like this. This should be our motto with this podcast. We'll just wait and see for anything official. Yeah, <laughs> I think we at least said that like 10 times on every episode. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see or we'll just see what happens or some variation of that. 
But uh, yeah, it'll be fun once this stuff actually starts panning out and we'll see, you know, then we will actually finally see and all the waiting and seeing will have paid off. <laughs> one of these days. Yeah. But, uh, and then one last thing, there's just uh Latino review was talking about Benedict Cumberbatch and stuff. And they said, uh, they were kind of debunking his denial. They said like, Oh, if Benedict Cumberbatch says he's not in star Wars, don't believe it. Like he's in the movie and all this kind of stuff. For one thing, I don't necessarily believe their claim that he's definitely in the movie. Cause again, we don't have any sort of official announcement or proof or anything. It's all just sort of my source said this, and this person said this, and I heard this, but also from what I've read, Benedict Cumberbatch never actually denied that he was in star Wars or that he had been approached or auditioned for it or anything. They just, um, you know, they asked him about it and he said, I'm not, he, he basically said, I can't say yes or no. He was like, you know, the, the rumors aren't true that I'm in star Wars, but that doesn't mean I'm not in it. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Trying his best to deny it while not actually deny it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, it's kind of the same thing with a lot of these other actors. I'm sure they've probably, you know, like I said, talked to him about it or had him audition or read for a part or something. It's just that, you know, they haven't signed the contract, put a stamp on it, made it official, whatever. So um, at this point, you know, I'm still just going to kind of wait and see, like we said, that's all we're doing right now. But, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe for sure that he's in it, but I also am not like, oh, no, he's not going to be in it. Yeah. And I will say too, after seeing Star Trek into darkness again on Blu-ray, it's like, I really hope he does have a part in <laughs> Star Wars. I think he'd make a really good character, good or bad, really. But yeah. particularly maybe a villain because he was awesome as Khan. Yeah. Also, have you seen the new trailer for the next Hobbit movie that's yes. coming out in December? Where yeah. at the end you hear his voice as Smaug the Dragon and it's like really deep and threatening and sounds really cool. And I'm like, man, yeah, that could definitely work for a Star Wars villain. Yeah. Maybe just be a voiceover. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, I wonder if he can do a good Emperor Palpatine voice. No, no, no. Let's not go there. I don't want Palpatine coming back. <laughs> he could be like this new trilogy, James Earl Jones, with a great voice that has that presence just as a voiceover. Yeah, yeah, except, I don't know, I guess he has more of kind of that intimidating physical presence too than James Earl Jones does. Yeah, I guess he could do uh, both what Dave Prowse could in <laughs> the voice and actually play the character. Right, right. Well, he's not quite as big as David Prowse, but... Yeah, um, I mean, depending, de- depending on the character. Yeah, depending on the character. But yeah, so I think that's pretty much all the uh, all the casting rumors we've had lately. You know, the rumor mill continues to spin, and I'm sure by the time of our next episode, we'll have some other actor popping up or somebody else at Latino Review saying, "Hey, this is official." Yeah, <laughs> that you can count on. Yeah, so we may have um, to wait and see for official announcements, but you can definitely count on rumors. <laughs> oh yeah, lots of them. But anyways, uh, so let's see. What's our next thing that we want to get to? Yeah, the only other thing as far as uh, Episode 7 and upcoming movies is that J.J. Abrams, of course, hasn't said much on it. But in a recent interview with Entertainment Weekly, he kind of shared his thoughts as far as how he wants Episode 7 to feel. And uh, because the question the interviewer was asking was trying to probably get more out of him than he was willing to give. But the question was, which of the previous Star Wars film best exemplifies what you're aiming to do in terms of the spirit or tone of Episode Seven? That his quote was, it's impossible for me to say because it's going to be an evolving thing. 
I would say that we are looking really hard to make a movie that feels as emotional and authentic and exciting as possible. Whatever your favorite Star Wars movie is and how it compares it is is really sort of subjective. And he kind of makes the point that uh, he had a fans saying that Star Wars just felt so real to him. And he says uh, he felt that way when he saw Star Wars for the first time as a kid, that even though it was a fairy tale, it just felt real to him. And that's uh, that's what he thinks Star Wars should be. So apparently he's going for a feel for Episode 7 to have it feel real. But yet at the same time, I guess, true to that, that fairy tale or story spirit where the first one was for him. So nothing groundbreaking, any, any new information, but just the tone that he's going for for Episode 7 seems to be what you would want it to be really keeping it real so that you believe it but at the same time knowing that it's a fantasy story right yeah i mean that uh, that sort of authenticity definitely seems to be what they're going for that just sort of real realistic feeling i guess with the fact that they're shooting it on film and they're going to be using a lot of you know sort of combining the cgi with the practical effects and that sort of thing and also we had another uh just sort of rumor i guess come out this is what this was on uh, ain't it cool news and uh, they were talking about the possibility that some scenes from episode seven might be shot in IMAX, which I think J.J. Abrams also did on Star Trek Into Darkness, where uh, they don't shoot the whole film on IMAX cameras, but just shoot specific scenes that maybe, you know, would look really good blown up on the big IMAX format and stuff like that. I mean, they've done this a lot with the Dark Knight movies, too, and other films recently where they don't shoot the whole thing on the IMAX cameras because those things are big and expensive and um, I think you need to use like a, bi- a bigger, different sort of film stock for them too. But um, just to you know, use those for specific scenes where it's really going to be enhanced by it, which then of course leads to the discussion of you know whether or not they're going to release it in IMAX. I mean, I'm sure I-, I wouldn't be surprised if they released it in IMAX anyways. But especially if they have scenes in there that are filmed on IMAX cameras, then uh, certainly the idea of going to see Episode Seven on the giant IMAX screen is pretty enticing. Yeah, definitely. I hope they go that route more than than just doing it in 3D. I mean, they can do both with IMAX and 3D, but if they do IMAX, to actually shoot it with that, how Chris Nolan did with The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, it can look really cool. I mean, even on like when you get the releases on Blu-ray, you see how much better it looks than the scenes that they filmed in IMAX. So I'm still waiting for one day, hopefully, a whole movie to be shot like that, because it would just be amazing to watch a whole movie that's filmed with IMAX cameras. Yeah. Maybe by episode nine could be the first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, that's, I guess, kind of one thing that I'm maybe a little bit worried about with episode seven is the 3D because they're shooting it on film. I don't think you can shoot, I don't think you can shoot 3D on film. And they've got these new fancy 3D cameras now um, that sort of shoot like the dual system and shoots the 3D right there in the camera. But I'm pretty sure those are digital cameras. And they've used those on Avatar and The Hobbit and all this other kind of stuff. But I don't think, as far as I know, I don't think you can shoot 3D, especially, you know, this sort of modern kind of 3D onto a, um, you know, onto a regular film strip. I think that's all sort of a digital process. And so, um, and, and yet at the same time with Disney and all the movies they've done lately, it's hard to imagine that they wouldn't release episode seven in 3d, yeah. which means that they're probably just going to shoot it regular on film and then convert it to 3d in post-production, which has been getting better in recent years. I mean, they've gotten better at the process when that first, when they first started doing that, 
doing the whole sort of post-conversion 3D, it usually didn't look very good. And nowadays there have been some movies that look a little bit better. But I still am a big supporter of if you're going to shoot it and if you're going to release a movie in 3D, shoot it in 3D because that looks a whole lot better. Um, you know, Avatar, going to see that in 3D and IMAX is still the best. I don't want to say the best movie I've ever seen at a movie theater because, you know, I've seen Star Wars and a bunch of other movies that I liked more as a movie. But as far as a movie theater going experience, just sort of the the visuals and the sound and the picture quality and the 3D and everything, I still tell people to this day that Avatar is the best sort of movie theater experience that I've had. Um, and obviously, you know, the 3D was a huge part of that because it was so good, but they shot that in 3D and I've just still noticed that movies that they shoot in 3D just always come out better than when they try to convert it in post-production. So, um, you know, I almost hope that if they're still going to shoot episode seven on, on regular film stock, just, you know, don't even release it in 3D, but it's Disney and I know they want to make money off of it. And that's just sort of the trend nowadays. So I'm sure they're going to release it in 3D, and if they don't shoot it in 3D, then I hope they can make it look as good as possible with that conversion process. Yeah, still the only movie I've seen in the theater that in 3D that wasn't 3D was uh, the re-release of The Phantom Menace. I wasn't particularly blown away by the 3D, which is cool to see Star Wars again on the big screen. But either way, I mean, it's not going to be a big deal to me if it's post 3D conversion or it's shot in 3D. I just wish it didn't have it altogether because it's not something i really so far i've enjoyed seeing the movie in i can't say i have seen too many of it but from the little bit i saw from i saw the whole movie of episode one i've seen like a few bits and pieces of like 3d blu-ray releases movie and it just doesn't really grab me but i guess the only positive i could say about it if it does release in 3d this gives me another excuse to go see episode seven where we'll have to see it in 3d now just to see how it compares to the real version <laughs> right right oh yeah i'm sure i'll see it in 3d and in 2d but um yeah i mean even episode one in 3d that was one that obviously wasn't shot in 3d because they shot it you know over 10 years ago and then when they went and converted it to 3d afterwards i mean there were some shots that looked really good and some scenes that were really good i think mostly just the pod race and the space battle and some of the different um shots of like ships flying through space and stuff looked really cool with the added 3d depth but then there are some shots like where Qui-Gon's just sitting on Tatooine talking to Shmi and it's just like this doesn't need to try to have any more you know popping 3D depth to it because there's not that much happening in the scene anyways yeah I mean everyone's been saying how good episode 2 looks I mean we'll see if we'll ever get to see it but maybe by the time they get to converting episode 7 into 3D it'll be this is a much easier process where maybe you can't tell a big difference from conversion and filming in 3D. I mean, if anyone can do it, it's going to be ILM to perfect the conversion process. Yeah. And I I mean, I even read some reviews of episode two and 3D from people that were there at uh, Celebration Europe when they showed it. And some of them said kind of the same thing about episode one, where there are some scenes where it looks good and some scenes where it looks not so good. And of course, it's kind of tough to really judge it because they shot it, you know, 10 years ago, they weren't planning to do it in 3d. I think something that they've gotten better with now is, um, even with movies that they convert to 3d in post-production, at least they know ahead of time that they're going to shoot it in 3d and they sort of plan for that. So even if they're not shooting it in 3d, they sort of shoot it with a plan to convert it afterwards. And they take that into account when they're planning out the shots 
and sort of shoot it in a way that'll look good in 3D when they convert it afterwards. And obviously that's not something they had in mind when they shot episode two. So I'm hoping that if they do, you know, well, at this point, it's probably more like when they do convert episode seven to 3D that, um, you know, it, hopefully they can plan for that and make it look as good as possible and just sort of plan it out so that it's going to look good when they do that. Yeah, definitely. And we'll be there to judge it. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, and especially if it's in IMAX. Yeah. IMAX is beautiful. But, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all the little... Well, that, that's all the Episode 7 stuff we have to cover, except um, there was an article or an interview that just came out. I think this might have been just yesterday, where um, there's an interview video going around with uh, Jet Lucas, who is George Lucas's son, and they were interviewing him at some press event for, I think he's working on a TV show maybe, and they had him at this um, event for that or whatever. But obviously this interview was asking him about a lot about Star Wars and things like that. And he didn't reveal a whole lot of information, but I, um, I don't know. I still really liked just listening to him because he had sort of an interesting perspective on it from, you know, as someone who's George Lucas's kid. And, uh, you know, knows a lot more about it than we do, but still isn't involved in it. So he wasn't like being real secretive and being like, oh, I can't tell you that. He was sort of just casually saying, I guess, as much as he could. Um, And he kind of said something like we were talking about earlier with all the casting rumors and stuff. And he was saying, you know, oh, well, I already know what the story's about and maybe know, you know, somebody who's been cast in it or something like that. (laughs) And, you know, so it's kind of interesting for me hearing all these uh, rumors and stuff and knowing like, oh, yeah, you're way off and you're kind of close and you're really close and, but, you know, not quite and uh, all that kind of stuff. And um, it's one thing that was interesting. He was saying that George Lucas has been talking to J.J. Abrams a lot about it which was something that we've kind of talked about before where we weren't really sure how much they'd been talking. And George had said that, you know, I'm willing to give advice and, you know, I want to be sort of a consultant on the project, but I haven't really talked to JJ yet. Well, if he hadn't been talking to him back then, it sounds like he's definitely talking to him now. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of cool to just get a um, sort of a little bit of an insider's perspective on that. It's a pretty long interview too. It's like 13 minutes which is longer than some of the stuff we get where it might be like a minute and a half interview with Harrison Ford where he just answers a couple of questions and can't really say much. Yeah, it was definitely cool to see, like you said. Uh, it is funny when you're talking about how uh, George Lucas is now talking to J.J. a lot about that. It just makes me so happy to hear that. <laughs> that Lucas has it completely gone away and left it to the new hands. He's still there talking to him about it. And even Jet Lucas said in the interview how... Uh, torn he was to actually let this go, kind of comparing it to like when a, a parent has to, like has, experiences their children leaving home. Like, yeah, they let the children leave but at the same time. They still haven't let go of them yet. So he kind of compared it to that, which I thought was a good analogy. But also, too, it was pretty funny in that interview. He just told a funny story where he was having a casual conversation, phone call with his dad, asking him, how's it going? What are you up to? And Lucas is all, yeah, just been working on a project, just writing Star Wars. And Jet's all, wait, what? Go back for a second. What are you working on? You're working on Star Wars again? <laughs> just funny how Lucas reveals these things where it's a big deal, but yet he treats it not as a big deal. <laughs> I just love that about him. And yeah, like you said, just kind of neat hearing the his perspective as someone who's 
involved with it being George Lucas's son and he even says where he knows the stories for episode seven, eight, and nine, but yet he's not directly involved with them. Though he did say he liked to be a part of it kind of somewhere in the behind the scene aspect of it. But it was definitely an interesting interview that you should check out. So kind of see where he stands on all this. Yeah, yeah, definitely worth a watch. And it's also kind of uh, gave me a little bit of hope knowing that uh, someone who grew up as the kid of George Lucas and I'm sure is a huge Star Wars fan just sort of approves of all this stuff going on. And it doesn't seem like, oh, yeah, this is my dad and his company and I like the people because that's what I'm supposed to do. I mean, he genuinely seems like he really likes J.J. Abrams and uh, just sort of the story ideas for Episode 7 and where they're going with it and thinks it's in good hands. And they asked him, uh, they asked him in this interview, like what he would like to see in episode seven. And then he was like, well, I kind of already know what it's about, but I, I think he said something like, I would like what they're doing with it is what I would want to see or something like that. Just kind of, uh, made it seem like he's, you know, sort of approving of it and excited about it and made it seem like to like, uh, from someone who's close to the project, but not directly involved with it. Uh, just sort of giving us assurance that it's in good hands. Yeah, it's also good to know, too, where he's not the opposite, where, oh, I don't want nothing to do with Star Wars. That's just my dad's thing. I'm going with my own path. I, I don't want to be associated with Star Wars at all. <coughs> kind of like Lloyd. a... Yep. <laughs> 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 or even comparing it's like the Star Trek, one of Gene Roddenberry's son, he just had like a documentary about uh, his dad and making Star Trek, how he distanced himself from it, but like only until recently he got why everyone loves Star Trek. So now he wants to like dig, dig in deeper into it, like his father's legacy. So um, even at an early age, I'm glad Jet Lucas isn't like that. I mean, he embraces his uh, heritage of being the son of the man who created Star Wars, which is great. Yeah. Well, you know what? Honestly, I think part of that is that Star Wars is more for kids. I mean, True. if I were the kid of yeah. Gene Roddenberry or even J.J. Abrams making Star Trek, well, I guess the the newer Star Trek movies, you know, kids could maybe get a little bit more behind just because they're a little more flashy and action-packed and that sort of thing. But I definitely don't think I would have been able to, you know, get into the original Star Trek as a kid. But, of course, I love Star Wars because it's all action and adventure and heroes and running around with lightsabers and X-Wings and all that kind of cool stuff. Yeah, but he didn't make the pitch to try to get Zet Jukasa back in the sequel trilogy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that his character is always going to be uh, remain dead from the tag. Well, yeah, I was going to say he did kind of die. Yeah. <laughs> he could have been a shot, and maybe Bail Organa took him to a back to tank or something like that. <laughs> after the clones, after the clones left, he went back to the temple. But yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, but. Um... Yeah, so that's pretty much all the Episode 7 stuff. And then we've got a couple of other things. Um, we've got, there's a new Star Wars iPhone game coming out called Star Wars Tiny Death Star. And apparently this is a spinoff of some game called Tiny Tower, which, I mean, we were talking about this before and you said you'd never heard of it. And I follow a lot of uh, news about, you know, mobile gaming and iPhone games and stuff like that. And I'm sure I've probably heard the name somewhere, but never really paid much attention to it. But apparently it's a fairly popular game where you try to, I guess, build up a tower and get people to come to it or something like that. And this is sort of the same thing with the Death Star where you're trying to – I guess it's it sounds from the description like you're just managing a Death Star. Yeah. And sort yeah. of managing sort of the day-to-day you know, Imperial troops going around and trying to get bounty hunters and bad guys and stuff to come visit you. And I don't know. It seems like a sort of just sort of casual – 
little fun kind of game. Um, you know, it might be released for free. It might be like 99 cents or something like that. So if you're into those kind of games, keep an eye out for it. Um, there's been uh, actually quite a few of those recently, or at least a couple more than we have, um, I guess, in uh, in the months previous. But there was that Star Wars card game Force Collection that just came out recently, and now we've got this. And then uh, there's a Star Wars pinball game that came out, I think, towards the end of last year, or maybe it was early this year. But now uh, they're coming out with an expansion pack for that. They're releasing three new tables that are all sort of focused around Return of the Jedi um, or one one is like a specifically Return of the Jedi themed table, and then one is uh, focused around like starfighters and space combat and stuff like that. And I think the third one might be a Darth Vader table. I'm not 100% sure on that, though. Yeah, we can probably be ex- expecting more of these, too, because I think when the official EA announcement came about, they said that Disney was going to handle the more casual uh, phone and like tablet type game. So we're already getting a good wave of them now, and... We can definitely expect more in the future when episode seven uh, promotes stuff starts ramping up. But yeah, the tiny Death Star one, even the description it says uh, is like run an intergalactic businesses. So <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a game I'm going to be interested in. Like I said, I'd never heard of the original game Tiny Tower, but I will say I do like the poster they released for it with those uh, like 8-bit uh, old school NES sprite models of all the characters. I yeah. just love how those look. <laughs> yeah, the artwork for it does look pretty cool. Or I guess the art style with the little 8-bit characters and yeah. stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so if that sounds like a game that you're uh, that's up your alley, then keep an eye out for that. I might check it out. I mean, if it's free, I'll probably download it and just give it a try. But I'm not super excited about it. It's kind of like every time they talk about one of these new Star Wars games coming out, I'm like, ooh, Star Wars game. And then I'm like, oh, it's a Tiny Tower clone or a collectible card game or something like that. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping for sort of a bigger, I I guess a a bigger Star Wars game, maybe one that's a little bit more similar to a console game or something like that. There's kind of like these two different sides to mobile games where you've got the the small little fun casual games, you know, your Angry Birds and your Fruit Ninjas and all that kind of stuff. And then you've got your Infinity Blades and games like that where they've got, you know, they're packing these really high-res graphics and everything and, uh, you know stories and voice acting and animated cutscenes and all this kind of cool stuff that, uh, you know, they're trying to cram down into a mobile game. And I know, I'm sure Disney and uh, what's left of LucasArts or whatever, or, you know, Disney's sort of game division that they're doing Star Wars stuff with is probably going to be doing a lot more of the sort of social and casual kind of games, um, like you were saying, for phones and tablets and Facebook and that sort of thing. But with EA having the Star Wars license now, they have a pretty sizable presence in the, you know, the app store and the mobile app market and stuff like that with, um, I mean, they have a mobile Mass Effect game, they've got a Dead Space game and uh, Need for Speed and a lot of other EA games that have sort of smaller scale versions on iPhone and Android and stuff like that. So I'm hoping one of these days we'll get a really cool Star Wars game like that, you know, maybe a mobile Battlefront or X-Wing versus TIE Fighter shooter kind of space game or something like that. So I'm, uh, you know, every time I hear about a new Star Wars game, I'm hoping it's something like that and hopefully we'll eventually get one. Yeah, I think definitely it'll come. (laughs) Probably once EA starts announcing more of the their console titles, they'll probably start announcing some tie-ins to those titles. I think we mentioned that before, where how cool would it be to have a tie-in mobile game to the actual console and PC release of Battlefront, where they interact with each other. I 
think that's something maybe we could expect for other future Star Wars games. At least yeah. if they're smart, I think they would do that because that'd probably generate uh, some good business to the mobile front of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it certainly seems like nowadays they tend to do a lot of mobile tie-ins with their bigger console games. Um, I mean, there's a mobile, like I said, Mass Effect and Need for Speed, and I think there's even a there's a Mirror's Edge, there's a um, Battlefield. Um, so you know, I would not be surprised if they ended up doing a mobile Battlefront or some other kind of Star Wars game. Hopefully, even pod racing that would be cool. Yeah, or bring back Super Bombad Racing for <laughs> iPhones or iPod. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> but uh, we had that video game announcement, which, I mean, if you're into that game, I'm sure that's something to be excited about. But just a few weeks ago, there was some depressing news <laughs> that came out when IGN posted an article about Star Wars 1313 and what could have been for that game if it actually got released. And I have to say, when I... Read that article and saw those concept art images, I got depressed afterwards. <laughs> Seeing how cool it looked, knowing that Boba Fett was going to be the main character of the game, and just uh, the potential it had, and just seeing that artwork and what the story was going to be, just like, uh, why, why did it have to get canceled? <laughs> I don't know if you felt as depressed as I did when hearing that or reading that information, but uh, it just makes you really regret that you're not going to be able to play this game and maybe in some shape or form we may see this Boba Fett story but I don't think we're going to be playing it which uh, it just irks me still (laughs) (laughs) well yeah it it disappointed me for sure but I think you and I talked that same day you know you might have sent me a message on Facebook or something after we both read it and uh, asked me what I thought about it and I was disappointed but I wasn't like hugely disappointed I think at this point my uh, my 1313 wound in, and, and sort of the video game wounds in general of LucasArts being shut down have more or less been healed by the fact that we're getting a new Battlefront game. Um, I'm still a lot more disappointed about the cancellation of Clone Wars than I am about the cancellation of 1313. But, sure. uh, and I think the other thing that we mentioned when we were talking about it that one time, I guess before this, you said you didn't know that Boba Fett was supposed to be the main character of the game, right? Yeah, I've heard it was, I just took it as rumor. I heard there was talks that it could have been Boba Fett, but I never heard it that it was confirmed. And oh, when okay. I read this article and saw these images, this is like the first time where I got, oh, so he was actually going to be the main character. Yeah, and I think I had heard before, I, I think right around the time that LucasArts shut down and this game got canceled, I um, heard something that I'm pretty sure was official confirmation that, yeah, Boba Fett was going to be the main character of the game. And I hadn't seen all that concept art before, but I had seen... Um, at least one or two of those pieces. So I guess maybe I just wasn't as disappointed because it wasn't as big of a shock for me. But um, yeah, in this article on IGN, they they talk about how um, they're, they're kind of describing this demo that they got to play. And it's like an extended demo. It would have been shown at E3 this year had the game not been canceled because they showed the very first demo of it at E3 last year. But um you know, they would have shown, you know, Boba Fett in combat with the jetpack and all that sort of stuff. Now, in addition to this, I forget where I originally found the link to this, but I think it might have been like the same day. I went and read this article on Kotaku, and uh, I don't think this is on our Twitter or Facebook page, but I can, uh, I'll probably post that link on there because this is a really interesting read. But there's this big long article that a guy on Kotaku wrote 
um, and he had done basically a lot of sort of a lot of digging and a lot of journalism, getting in touch with ex Lucas Arts employees, and just sort of wanting to know the story behind how this really successful and popular company that had you know made all these great games and obviously was famous for doing Star Wars, you know how they had sort of fallen apart. And it details a lot about the company and a lot about sort of the changing management and the shifting goals of the company and sort of where things started to fall apart. But it talks a lot about 1313 in there. And uh, just a couple interesting tidbits that I'll share real quickly. And uh, I mean, it's a really long article, so I'll post the whole thing. And if any of you guys want to go read it, you can uh, check the whole thing out. But um, two things that really stuck out to me. (laughs) One was that George Lucas was the one who sort of mandated the change, I guess, to have Boba Fett be the main character. Because when they showed this game off at E3 last year, I mean, obviously in the demos and stuff, Boba Fett was nowhere in it. And then when they showed it off, they also showed it off at uh, Star Wars Celebration 6 last year, which I was at. And they showed a little bit more of the demo than they had at E3. And they said at that presentation... They said something like, um, you know, there are certain characters in this game that might be placeholders for more recognizable characters that we're not ready to reveal yet. And at that point, I was like, I bet this game's really about Boba Fett. And that's going to be cool. Like, we're going to get to play as Boba Fett. That's going to be sweet. And they're just trying to keep it a surprise for whatever reason. Well, the reason they were trying to keep it a surprise is because that wasn't their original intent. I mean, they had already gotten well into development on this game uh, with, you know, some original Bounty Hunter character. And then when George Lucas got wind of it and was like, oh, you guys are making a Bounty Hunter game? We'll make it about Boba Fett. And a lot of them were really upset at first because they'd already done a lot of work and were like, and they were like, no, this isn't a movie. You can't just like reshoot a scene or something. Like we have to redo all these character models and rewrite all this code and all this kind of stuff. And they kind of pushed back against it at first, but then... Once they started making the changes, they realized that they could do something good with it. And I guess uh, once, because they were like, oh, if it's Boba Fett, he's got to have a jetpack and be able to fly. And they said that um, ended up adding a really interesting angle on the combat or, you know, a really interesting new combat mechanic that ended up, they thought, making the game even better than it would have been before. So um, I thought that was one interesting thing, was just sort of how the whole Boba Fett story evolved. The other thing, and this is going to be really a killer. So I, I apologize to him if this sort of, you know, puts a, a damper on your night, but we had talked before about when this game first got canceled, how some other uh, studio might try to come in and pick it up and, um, you know, maybe try to f- finish the development on it or something like that. And I remember saying back then that, you know, this might seem, it, it might be kind of far fetched just because it might be difficult for another team to come in and sort of pick up where these guys left off. And it might be kind of hard to take all this complicated work and finish a game project that wasn't yours to begin with and stuff like that. So we didn't really know if that was ever going to come to fruition. And yet we were hoping it would just so we'd get a chance to play this game. Well, in this article, he says that after LucasArts was shut down and, and uh, 1313 was canceled, <laughs> all these game companies were like all over it like hawks. I mean, you know, you you hear about, um, like, from E3 the previous year, everybody thought it looked really impressive. They were really excited about it. And so when LucasArts got shut down, I mean, they got offers from a lot of companies offering to either 
you know, fund the project and help them finish it or just take it over and finish it themselves. And it was the executives at Disney and Lucasfilm who were like, no, nah, you know, this game isn't really what we're sort of looking for in terms of the future of Star Wars and the direction of the company right now. So it's like we could have easily had somebody else come in and take over and finish that game. And it was, you know, <laughs> killed by friendly fire. Uh, that that makes the wound even worse. <laughs> like you said. But it does make me think of two two points that I came to my mind when you told me about this. First was when Lucas kind of stepped in and said he wanted this to be about Boba Fett. Um, I'm curious to wonder how much this was actually going to tie into that Clone Wars arc that we've heard so much about that was supposed to be centered around Boba Fett and Cad Bane. And that we were always under the assumption that that was going to be the arc where Boba Fett first gets his armor in his Mandalorian helmet. Maybe in that arc he would have gotten his helmet because in the details and concept art we see of 1313 with Boba Fett, he just has his helm, the helmet that looks like Jango Fett's on, but he doesn't have his full on armor that we know he has later on in Empire Strikes Back. So it's kind of, they said in, as you progress in the game, you get different pieces of his Mandalorian armor so he'll look like the Boba Fett we know and love from the movies. So I'm curious to see if it was going to have a big tie into Clone Wars at all because... In those images, we even see him with the uh, the droid, the C twenty one High Singer from the Bounty episode, yeah, which which was pretty cool too because you know we teamed up with them in that episode, and if he still teams up with them, it's just more synergy into the Star Wars universe where they're connecting together. So that got me thinking of how much it was going to tie into Clone Wars, since Lucas pitches pretty much almost all the stories for Clone Wars, and then he pitched this idea to the developers. But then also, when you said the developers were different developers were coming in and offering to try to save this game to get it out there, but yet Disney and Lucasfilm were saying no. That makes me think, are they saving this storyline for the Boba Fett live-action movie or maybe a story in Rebels somewhere where Boba Fett will be a part of it? To me, I'm just thinking we're going to see this story in some shape or form other than Star Wars 1313. I just think maybe the story of where Boba Fett first gets his armor is going to be told in a movie maybe more so than in the game is what Lucasfilm really wants to do. So that's just what I, my thoughts are as far as why maybe Lucasfilm and Disney kind of put the kibosh on Star Wars 1313 as a whole just so they want to save the story for something else. Yeah, that's possible. Um, you know, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it, it, just... it is a shame that we're not going to get to play. And I kind of feel bad for, you know, all these developers and you know, people working at LucasArts who are working so long yeah, and so man. hard on it too, but. Yeah, maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part because I really want to see the story told <laughs> that I'm just hoping that it is going to be a Boba Fett movie of some sort, but um, there's that word again. We'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if not the same story that would have been in 1313, I'm sure Boba Fett will appear again in a spinoff movie or in Rebels yeah. or in another video game or something like that, so. But yeah, just, those concepts are look awesome. The shot of Boba Fett in the C-21 droid, Boba Fett using his flamethrower and then he's standing by the droids like back to back and then that shot of him using his flamethrower and what looks to be someone dressed in uh, Tusken Raider garbs. I mean, this game just looks so awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only thing that I was kind of maybe skeptical or like unsure about was when they were talking about how you start off with just Jango Fett's helmet. I was like, wait a second. I mean, I always assumed like after episode two, you know, yeah, Bobo just keeps his dad's old armor. And when he's old enough, he puts the armor on himself and goes out and becomes a bounty hunter. But then in the first 
Clone Wars arc that we see Boba Fett in, he blows up Django's helmet trying to kill Mace Windu. So I'm like, um, are we sure it's still Django Fett's helmet that he's wearing in this game? It's or you know, does he go get another helmet somewhere? Or I don't know. Yeah, my thought was that Django had more than one helmet. Yeah, I thought about that too afterwards as I was thinking about it. I was like, eh, yeah, he could have had a backup. Yeah, and he probably just wanted to use the one that he actually died in to kill Mace Windu, kind of have that poetic justice to it where the helmet that like the helmet that uh, my dad died in is going to be used to kill you. So. Yeah. But then he had a backup one to use when he grows up. Yeah, except that Mandalorians seem to kind of really I mean their their armor is like really important to them and they, you know, take care of it and decorate it and all that stuff. So I don't necessarily see them having like a whole closet of spare uniforms, but he could maybe have a spare helmet. Yeah, or maybe he just went back to Camino and had the Camino ones built him a new one <laughs> while yeah. they were making some clone trooper helmets. <laughs> yeah, while you're at it, clone my helmet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I'll I'll post that link on our Twitter and Facebook page if any of you guys want to go through and I mean it's a really detailed and in-depth look at LucasArts and some of the other projects that they were working on too. And um so yeah, I'll I'll post that up there for any of you guys to check out if you haven't read it already. It's, uh, I, I would definitely recommend reading it as long as you're not already in a bad mood because uh, if you're already sad about 1313 or really looking forward to playing it, this might just you know, lower your spirits even more. But hey, even though we lost 1313 in Clone Wars, we've got Rebels and Battlefront coming up. So yeah, all is not lost. Yeah, it still may hurt a little bit, but it'll heal again. But we just don't need more stories like this coming out to open the wound again. And, like, make yeah, the yeah, process I know, longer. right? <laughs> Yeah, next, I mean, the only thing that could make the wound worse is if they came out and said, like, it was George Lucas's idea to cancel Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that or that they actually have a new footage or, or trailer or something that gets leaked out of showing 1313 with Boba Fett. Oh, well, there. I'm sure it will. I mean, yeah. IGN's talking about this demo that they got to play, and uh, they said, well, we can't show you the full demo yet, but I'm sure that thing will get leaked online at some point. I mean, the free radical version of Star Wars, what was going to be Star Wars Battlefront 3 that they were working on back in like 08 or 09, and that got canceled. There's still as recently as like, I think just last year, there was like new footage getting leaked from that game. And so, yeah, I'm sure we'll get, little bits and pieces of what 1313 could have been, you know, over the next months or years or whatever. And, you know, like you said, part of me doesn't want to see it just because it'll be depressing. And then part of me kind of does want to see it just because I'm like, well, even if I don't get to play it, I at least want to know what it would have been like. And then I can imagine (laughs) playing it or something. Yeah. So it's not over yet. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, enough wallowing in despair over, canceled games um i think the last just the last stuff we have to cover is uh some new star wars rebels details um we've got some well why don't you talk about the uh the promotional marketing stuff just cover that real quick yeah so um i believe this posted on some like disney book club uh, webpage that has a listing of some rebel uh tie-in books that are be coming out but in that article it kind of had a synopsis of what the marketing plan is going to be leading up to the release of rebels a lot of this kind of stuff we know already, kind of the description of the show and who's going to be behind it and how uh, shocker that Disney and Lucasfilm are going to market the heck out of this <laughs> with uh, 
an eight-level company-wide marketing campaign, which is going to have like toys, electronic games, apparel, stationery, all that type of stuff. But um, the thing I kind of found most interesting was that they're going to, before the actual uh, hour-long premiere on Disney XD, they're going to show these little like four-part shorts that are, are kind of going to introduce the main characters of Star Wars Rebels before we actually see the first episode, which I think should be pretty cool, kind of give us a little tease of what we can expect. I believe they did this um, for the Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. They had these, like, before the show actually premiered, they had these short stories for each Avenger before leading up to the actual premiere episode. So it kind of reminds me of that to kind of get your feet wet and getting introduced to these characters before we actually see them in action in the first episode. So that's definitely something to look forward to. I mean, 2014 is almost here, and I believe the premiere is going to, in the summer or early fall is when it's going to, uh, roll out so we should be expecting to see these shorts probably sometime in the summer so it's getting closer and closer <laughs> <laughs> yeah like less than a year now yep but uh yeah that should be pretty cool and then we also have it was the uh the bleeding cool movie podcast um reported some details about the show and these again aren't confirmed you can kind of take these as rumors or whatever but they said um, that this is some of the information that they expect to be revealed at the Rebels uh, presentation that they're going to have at New York Comic Con next weekend, which will be October 12th, I believe. And yeah. uh, they they just posted some stuff on here. Like they said, the series is set to take place seven or eight years after Revenge of the Sith. The Empire is gaining ground and uh, kind of the story of the show, like they, the Empire comes to this one specific planet to set up a new base and there's some teenagers on this planet who don't fall in line with the Empire and some of their parents do, but they kind of, you know, rebel against their parents, rebel against the Empire. And so the title of the show sort of refers to the Rebel Alliance, but also specifically to these kids sort of being rebels in their own right anyways, I guess. But, you know, then they're going to probably end up joining up with the Rebel Alliance. And these are the guys that end up uh, in control of this starship ghost which is going to sort of be the main hub of the show, I guess, you know, sort of the show's Millennium Falcon, as we've talked about. So, um, I I don't know. This will sort of be an interesting take on it. I mean, if this is how they're doing this, I mean, I know a lot of people will probably hear that and go, uh, it's going to be about kids running away from home and, you know, it's Disney and they're making it too kid friendly. And on the one hand, I maybe feel that a little bit on the other hand, we know there's a lot of cool stuff going on in the star Wars galaxy and so I think it'll kind of be a, a good um, maybe a good vantage point for like kids and adults that you know these kids are are running around you know they'll probably run into like some surviving Jedi or Darth Vader or Boba Fett or any of these other characters and for some of us older fans we can sort of just overlook the you know maybe the the juvenile aspects of it and just be like cool, it's Boba Fett, it's Vader, it's the Rebel Alliance, it's the Empire, all that kind of stuff. And for the kids, they'll sort of be able to experience all that through the eyes of these younger characters. Yeah, and the story aspect that's reported in this rumor about how uh, the Empire comes to this planet and while their parents go along, but the kids don't, that was something I w- wasn't expecting, really. I was, If it was going to be focused on teenagers, I was under the impression that, oh, it's probably going to be their orphan or they were killed by the Empire and they're on the run from the Empire. But if the, the fact where their parents are with the Empire and they're going along with it, that should make for some interesting uh, story dynamics where you got their parents who are alive, but yet they're with the Empire but, and their children are against it and trying to form the Rebel Alliance. So that can make up for some interesting stories that I wasn't expecting to see. 
if this ends up being true i mean we'll see yeah well and even if that is true i don't know if there will be a huge aspect of like father versus son i mean i don't know if their parents are necessarily going to join the imperial military and be like fighting against their kids it seems more like they're just sort of going to sort of submit to the empire's control and keep living their daily lives under the patrol of a stormtrooper garrison or something like that whereas the kids are like no this isn't right we're not going to stand for this yeah, or you can kind of like have a parallel where maybe one of the parents, like you said, is joining the Empire. They become like a part of the Stormtrooper squad, but yet then their son or daughter is on the run, part of the Rebel Alliance. And what if they have to confront each other in a battle unknowingly? So it kind yeah, of can shape up for some interesting stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Obviously, again, none of this is confirmed yet. But. Um, if that does happen to be true, if that is what they're going to reveal at the Rebels panel, then we'll probably find out in about a week or so. And we'll probably, uh, we talked about doing another podcast, doing our next episode, probably right after that panel or uh, sometime soon after New York Comic Con. So we can talk about any cool new details that come out of that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm expecting not to see new details, but to hear new details about Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, I'm hoping we get to see some new stuff. I mean, probably still won't get like a full-length trailer or clip yeah. or anything like that. But, um, you know, maybe some new character designs or um, whatever. I, I'm re- At this point, I really want to see what the characters are going to look like. Because we've seen a little bit of the artwork and sort of what the ships and the landscapes and stuff look like. But I really want to see what the characters look like. That's sort of uh, it's what I'm most excited to see right now. And then, of course, to just see the show in action and how everything's going to look. But speaking of which, we did get our first sort of real quick, small teaser glimpse uh, just earlier this evening of, uh, I guess you could say Star Wars Rebels in motion. I mean, it wasn't quite, it it wasn't footage from the show, but it was uh, an animated teaser um, and uh, sort of showed a shot of the Star Destroyer flying over. They, They basically replicated the opening shot of A New Hope. Uh, but in the Rebels art style, just so you can get a little taste of um, of how the style looks. And it, I know we both saw it, and you said you were pretty excited about it, right? Yeah, I mean, really, when it comes to new Star Wars stuff, it doesn't take much to get me excited. <laughs> I mean, do something as short as a 15-second teaser. I uh, don't even want to call it a trailer. I just like calling it a teaser because that's pretty much what it is. But yeah, that's pretty much all it was. It was just cool seeing... Like you said, it replicates the beginning of A New Hope with that Star Destroyer going by and hearing the music. And then I just personally really liked how it looks. I mean, if this is a good indication to how um, it's going to look animation-wise. Um, I'm really excited for it. I just love the style it has. I mean, it has the CG style of Clone Wars, but yet it still had its own unique feel that made it feel different when how the Star Destroyer was animated. I thought it was cool, too, just how it, the Star Destroyer is going by and then it has the Star Wars Rebels logo right behind it. And then the Rebels logo kind of forms it to its own ship and just blasts off. I've yeah. heard some people say it actually might be the ghost. Of, but like the Star Wars Rebels logo turned into the ghost and it flies by. But I don't yeah, know if that is the case. I think so. Yeah, I kind of just got the impression that it was just like its own thing flying off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might have been the ghost, but it didn't really look like a specific ship. It just looked like 3D text with a hyperdrive engine on it. Yeah. But uh, you know what's funny? One of the first things I thought of when I saw this little teaser, just with the Star Destroyer flying overhead, and then you've got the Rebels logo almost sort of attached to the back of it. The first thing I thought of was Spaceballs, where you see that really long opening shot of the ship going overhead that's obviously you know, like a knockoff of the Star Destroyer. And on the back, it's got like a bumper sticker that says, if you can read this, you're too close or something like that. And... um 
Or, oh, no, it, 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 I think it says, like, we break for no one. Or something like it. You know, it has, like, a goofy sticker on the back. But just a Star Destroyer flying overhead with text coming in on the back, for some reason, just made me think of Spaceballs for a second. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then when you were talking about the art style, um, one thing that really stuck out to me, I mean, they've been talking a lot about the the look for the show and how it's going to be inspired by Ralph McQuarrie and his concept art for Star Wars. And if you guys remember the Clone Wars and sort of paid attention to the art style there, it very much looked sort of hand-painted. And, uh, you know, if you look close at even, you know, characters' faces or their clothing or whatever, you could almost see, like, these paintbrush strokes on there. And uh, the the look for Rebels seemed definitely less less painting-like and more illustration-like. I mean, it almost looked like a 3D model of a Star Destroyer, but then all the textures that they put on that 3D model were, like, hand-drawn illustrations. Yeah. That was kind of the the look that I got for it, which gave it sort of a, a I don't want to say weird, but sort of weird, but not necessarily in a bad way, just in a different yeah. way, sort of a look that it almost looked like it sort of blended 2D and 3D animation. Um, yeah, just know because, exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, because and there are some shows that do that where they'll have, you know, maybe... 2D characters against CGI backgrounds or something like that. But I think this show is going to be all CG. It just sort of has a little bit of that weird look just because the textures on the 3D models look so sort of 2D hand-drawn. And, uh, you know, it makes you stop and go, wait, this is 3D, but was that 2D? Or, you know, it looks a little bit 2D. So it it was kind of interesting. And, um, you know, I guess definitely looked good for a first little teaser, but I'm not going to say I love it or it's amazing or anything because like I said, I want to see the show in motion first. I want to see, you know, some ships flying around and some characters talking and, um, but you know, so once I, once I get sort of a a little bit more of a feel for how the actual show is going to look, um, then, you know, I'll, I'll really start to kind of form my opinion of it, I guess, but just, you know, for our first teaser, it was definitely cool to at least see a little bit of it. Yeah. Just the fact, I mean, we've been talking about Star Wars Rebel and reading about it and, seeing those concept images of it to me it just felt cool seeing it on a tv and just seeing it in motion where we're actually seeing advertisement for star wars rebels there's just something about that that made it just seem really cool to me yeah it's definitely coming it's going to be here soon but the other thing i wanted to mention real quick about it was the kind of the the voiceover for it kind of promoting it and some of the dialogue that was spoken on there i've been seeing reading a lot of this stuff on twitter and the reactions for uh, what was said was saying, like, to fight an empire, a rebel alliance will form, and the Jedi will rise, and you will know the power of the Force. And every, I've seen a lot of comments saying, well, how will the Jedi rise? Isn't this after Revenge of the Sith? Is, like, is that a mistake to use that word or to tie it into Luke somehow? But personally, I really think you shouldn't put anything into that voiceover. I mean, they do this all the time. Even with Clone Wars, they had these cheesy, like, voiceover promotions for their commercials and all that. It's just to get the casual fans or kids hyped up about it so i think i saw a little concern about that from some fans but really i don't think it's any indication to what the series is going to be i mean we'll probably see some jedi in there like we said survivors from order 66 or something but the fact that they're putting too much into this uh, description and this voiceover right i think it's something that maybe you really shouldn't put that much stock into as far as what the actual show is going to be it's just there to promote it yeah, yeah, definitely. I didn't even pay that much attention to what the voiceover was saying as I watched it. But, um, yeah, as far as the Jedi coming back, I mean, it's not like we're going to see the full-fledged return yeah. of the Jedi Order to full strength. But they have already mentioned in the promotional stuff that, um, you know, that there will be 
Jedi in here somewhere because they talk about the Empire is hunting down the last of the Jedi. So I'm sure we'll see at least one Jedi character in the show somewhere. And, uh, you know, from Dave Filoni's sort of coy response about maybe or maybe not bringing back characters from the Clone Wars, I really would not be surprised if we see Ahsoka come back. I don't think she'll come back as a main character, but I wouldn't be surprised to see her in the show somewhere at some point. Yeah, I think it's safe to say, too, where probably one of the main characters of the group that's going to make up Star Wars Rebels, one of them's probably going to be an offspring of a Jedi on the run. Maybe it's going to be something that's going to be like the beginning of uh, The Force Unleashed, where maybe not as young as Starkiller was, but a young... uh, We'll see, but then again, that goes against the whole Jedi thing of (laughs) having attachments and following love and having children, so... Yeah, but Starkiller's dad did, so... Yeah, so maybe there is a Jedi out there as another kid... If he gets yeah. killed, yeah, he goes and on. And you know what? Somewhere. I'm sure once the Jedi are on the run after Order 66, they can just, you know, any any surviving Jedi can kind of throw that out the window. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to completely forsake their Jedi ideals and, you know, turn to the dark side or anything. But if, you know, if, if, any, uh, if any Jedi was like on the run and started falling in love or something, it's not like Mace Windu's there to slap you on the wrist. <laughs> True. That depends, too, uh, if it... That rumor does up and does end up being true, where it's going to take place seven or eight years after Revenge of the Sith. Then that's the thing you wouldn't have, want to have like a kid, a main character who's that young. I mean, the whole rumor is going around that's going to be around a group of teenagers, though. So. Right. But yeah, I mean, like we said, the uh, just from some of the early information about the show has said that the Empire is going to be hunting the last of the Jedi. So I'm sure there'll be a Jedi element in there somewhere. Definitely, and, and then as far as the voice, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really read a lot of reaction on Twitter or anything like that to this, but um, and I saw the link that you posted, or no, I think I saw it on StarWars.com, but they have a link that just goes directly to their uh, their YouTube page, and so I watched it on the YouTube page, and you know, was reading people's comments, and you know, like you said, it's sort of just a, a cheesy male narrator voice that you would expect to hear, like on a cartoon channel for kids. And some people were saying in the comments, like, oh, we want Tom Kane. And if this guy's the actual narrator of the show, then, you know, it's going to suck and I'm going to boycott it. And I'm like, guys, come on. You don't actually think there's going to be, you know, a guy in the show that sounds like this, do you? Like, this is obviously just, you know, sort of this is the Disney promotional voice. And we kind of had the same thing with Clone Wars. I mean, there were some I think there were probably some promotional things that were done by Tom Kane or, you know, had the voice of a character from the show. But then, you know, just sort of the regular weekly trailers, you know, the little previews for like coming up next week on Clone Wars. It was always, you know, the Cartoon Network guy. He's like, next time on Clone Wars, this happens and this happens and the Jedi are going to yeah. save the day. And it was all he cheesy would... and stuff. And nobody cared because you knew that wasn't going to be part of the actual show. Exactly. And he would say, I remember on Clone Wars, cheesy things like, wake up Saturday morning with the good guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, you can't put any stock into what this narration is, any indication of what Star Wars Rebels is going to be. I actually think maybe this voiceover might be the same guy who did those Clone Wars commercials. <laughs> I mean, they all sound the same. But. Maybe. Yeah. I'm sure they all sound alike. But yeah. So for anybody freaking out about that, stop. Just, you know, wait until we at least get some more concrete information about the show and, I'm sure it's not going to have some cheesy narrator kind of thing. And we still don't know exactly what the story is going to be about and who the characters are and what the tone of the show is going to be and all that kind of thing. Um, And, you know, it might be skewed slightly younger in terms of target audience being on Disney XD and all that sort of thing. But 
I'm sure they're not going to make it like super dumbed down and kiddy and ridiculous and cheesy. So it, you know, it might be Star Wars for a younger audience, but it's still going to be Star Wars. Yeah, I will say this too. For anyone who uh, wanted to watch this on TV, you had to sit through that show Mighty Med to watch it. Uh, I feel sorry for them because that show looked beyond terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, like when you it, saw it, did you watch it on TV during that during that yeah, show? But I had it on a DVR, so I was like, when it like hit like a like almost around five thirty between six is when that show was supposed to air, and they're supposed to show the t- trailer. So it was like five fifty. I kind of just went to my DVR, rewound it, and then there was a trailer. So okay. <laughs> but I saw some stuff of that show. It was mad. Yeah, <laughs> and that was. If you didn't have the DVR, I had to sit through that. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was planning to do too because, well, A, I wasn't super excited for this. I was like, yeah, first look at Rebels. I'm going to check it out. But they they had said ahead of time that it wasn't going to be any new footage and that it was just going to be about 15 seconds. And so, um, but they did say it was going to be something new that we hadn't seen before. So I was like, well, hopefully it's animated and it's not just like text or whatever or titles. And hopefully we maybe get to see a first look at a character or a ship or something like that. But they said it wasn't going to be any footage from the actual show. So I wasn't, like, super excited, like, have to watch it, have to be there right when it comes on. So I was like, yeah, I'll just set my DVR to watch it, and I'll go fast-forward through it and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And I guess I thought it was going to come on later. Um, I didn't – I probably didn't account for the time zone difference or something like that. But right when I was about to go set my DVR to record it, you messaged me and were like, hey, have you seen this this yet? I was like, oh, it aired already? And so I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll just find it up, find it when it's online. And then it was online like 10 minutes later. So <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go through the hassle of trying to, you know, get through that whole show. Yeah. I mean, because even if you're like scanning back on your DVR or forwarding to it, you might have actually missed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because it was that quick. Setting. Yeah. But I'm, I'm pretty eagle eyed when it comes to that sort of stuff, especially if there was a Star Destroyer. I would have picked it up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think that's just about all the stuff we have to cover. Um, you know, we figured we'd end on that Rebels note because, like I said, that might be uh, a lot of what we focus on in our next episode because we're going to come back after the Rebels panel at New York Comic Con and see what sort of details they reveal there. Uh, hopefully we'll get some new stuff to get us excited for that. And in the meantime, we might get some casting rumors or maybe even an official confirmation of some rumor or other. Um, who knows? I mean, it'll probably only be like another week or so before we yeah. record again. So I'm not keeping my fingers crossed or my, you know, holding my breath that we're going to get something official in that spam. But you never know when something might just drop out of the sky. Yeah, but I'm definitely looking forward to this weekend for the Star Wars Rebels panel. I mean, uh, Pavel Hidalgo sent out a funny tweet after the teaser uh, debuted online. He goes, the panel is just going to be me showing this new teaser and then just standing in silence for 45 minutes. <laughs> the audience just soaked that teaser in. <laughs> That's going to be the Rebels panel. <laughs> yeah. That would that, be a cruel joke. <laughs> that wouldn't go over well. But, uh, yeah, so, again, we'll, we'll uh, be back with more on that after we hear about it and uh, hopefully there'll be some exciting stuff in the meantime we'll be keeping our eyes out for you know like we said rumors casting news anything else about video games or spin-off movies or anything else like that and uh you guys can check us out on facebook at star wars the saga continues you can follow us on twitter at star wars tsc 
Um, if you have feedback or questions or comments or anything for us, you can email us at Kyle at clonewarspodcast.com or Tim at clonewarspodcast.com. Or you can always go find us on iTunes and leave us a review on there and let us know what you think of the show. And until next time, we will see you guys later and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Thank you.